Greetings, soul family, and welcome to the Cool Ass Conversations podcast. I'm Big G, one third of the podcast team. We also have Oshawa Nicole and Johnny Holmes II, aka Apostle. We thank you for tuning in as we embark on another cool ass journey. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Welcome to Cool Ass Conversations. I'm Ashwin Nicole of Enlightened One, and I'm here with Johnny Holmes II, aka Apostle from FacetOfTheJewel.com. Gerald, a big G from BSG and Me podcast. And we invite you to tune in as we discuss synchronicity today. Now, what do we mean by synchronicity? Mm. According to Merriam Webster, it's the coincidental occurrence of events, and especially psychic events such as similar thoughts in widely separated persons or a mental image of an unexpected event before it happens that seem related but are not explained by conventional mechanisms of causality. Mm. In other words. Or what some might call divine order. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. a, a convergence of events. That's right. <laughs> Seemingly unrelated, but they all come together for a common cause. Yes. And we've been experiencing quite a bit of that lately. A lot and, of synchronicity. Yeah, including how we got together. <laughs> That's, That's right. us. <laughs> That's right. I think back to the time when me and Cuz connected, probably or reconnected in Kentucky, which was oh maybe about thirteen years ago. Yeah, it was oh yeah. seven. Oh seven, yeah, and um, you know we in Kentucky, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah we all there. we all attended this family reunion, yeah. yeah. which there. was kind of unusual because right. you right. know we would be I would know for myself. I'd be hit and miss with like, yeah. well, when you going to the family reunion right. this year? Okay, well, wh- where is it going to be? Right, right. Yeah. You know, where we go? Eh, I don't know. Am I, wor- I might be working, you know right. what I mean? Right, but, and right. I was already out of town. I actually drove up there from oh, wow. another state wow. okay. to meet with the wow. family. Okay. And my kids were coming down from Chicago and I was right. coming from somewhere else. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. when we were out there and we were having conversation and I think I was talking to your mom, cuz, and she told me, I'm thinking you were from Kentucky. I thought you were from that area. <laughs> I didn't even know he was that from Chicago. I'm funny. like, right. so where you where you staying? He was right. like, oh, Chicago, cuz. I'm like, Chica- <laughs> right. Chicago, bro. Right. Like, well, why we ain't, you know, cross paths sooner, right? I knew exactly I who you were. Exactly. You know, it was just, um, I'd always heard, I'd seen you at other past things. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times people uh, get acquainted or familiarized with one another. Right. Weddings, funerals, yep. family Mostly reunions, funerals, you know what I mean? Right. And so you, it's like, oh, you know, John, John. Right. And to be. You're okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. No, no, I'm so sorry no, to cool. interrupt. But I was just going to say, mm-hmm. it's funny because I don't know that I can say that. I knew your parents. Yeah. And it wasn't until social media <laughs> yeah. that I knew they had all these kids. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, wait, you got all these kids? Only five. <laughs> Right. right, it was quite a quite a big family though, and I was the oldest. I'm the oldest of all of those five. Right, and, uh, you know. But then we that, came back maybe three, four years later after meeting, and we yeah. promised yeah, we, that we were gonna we hooked up stay and never, in touch with one another yeah. after the reunion, and didn't do such a good job of that. Of course, but uh, found myself at the UIC Hull House where mm-hmm. there was um, uh, orientation going on for a Lawn Civics Institute. 
that I was invited to come to. And it was a room full of brothers. So mm -hmm. as my custom goes, I'm going around the room and greeting the brothers, shaking up and giving them a nice little pound. Yes. And I, I grabbed this rascal next to me, shook up and yeah. hugged him and, 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 and was going to the next brother. And he, he yeah. looked at me, he didn't let my hand go. He right. said, cuz. I looked mm -hmm. in his face, said, oh, man, I yeah. gave him another hug. Right. <laughs> Remember, Doc, well, actually, what happened was Doc was introducing me to you. And your back was turned. Ah, and that's he was right. like, um, That's right. He was like, have you met John? And I was like. <laughs> and I'm like. That is right. That's and right. I'm buddy. like, wait a minute. Then when you turned around, I'm like. Right, right, John. right, like, he, right. He's like, oh, that's right, that's right. I think we shook before I right. even looked you in your face. You was already in the motion. Y'all was like, in the motion. Hey, right, how you doing? Right. Nice that's, to meet you. Like, nice to right. meet you. Like, that's hilarious. Like, oh, definitely yeah. was divine order, though, right? Absolutely, really? absolutely. Divine reconnection. Absolutely. That's awesome. And I think about the work that the institute allowed us to do and how we stayed connected at the hip ever since what 2011 2012 yeah doing that work mm -hmm. and as the director of the mentor uh um, training division for the uh institute um, we used the component and assessment tool to help the the mentors and the men uh to identify some of their strengths and it was such a fabulous tool i mentioned to cuz maybe a year or two ago well probably within the last year because I just started my company mm -hmm. right. that um, I was thinking about using that same tool. Yep. And Cuz mm -hmm. says to me, well, I don't know, Cuz, that was a great tool, but you might want to holler at Cuz. Mm -hmm. I say, well, what, what your cousin Nicole? He said, yeah. I said, well, what, what, what's she doing assessments? He said, bro, I just went through one with her and it was phenomenal. So I think you really need to speak to what your assessment looks like because after Cuz turn me on right. I had the privilege of going through the first step of that assessment which yeah. was absolutely transformational so can you please speak to that cuz well, thank you for that absolutely that recommendation first of all um but yeah so it's something that i'm very very excited about mm -hmm. um i have been in the metaphysics for over 30 years and wow. um i have a lot to share and i get ideas all the time this particular idea and the name of the program that we're speaking about is Jumpstart Your Genius. Mm. And um, I came across this notion about 15 years ago at work, actually a little more than 15 years ago at work. Um, I work in IT, I work for a large technology company and I was traveling on a project, working on a project in another state for a while and then they changed our vacation policy that year so I had to come home to take vacation or I was going to lose it mm, okay so I get I'm, I'm on my way back and my area manager calls me up and he's like hey I'm going to need you to be on this conference call next week to start this project and I was like wait a minute I'm coming you're, you're bringing me home so I can go on vacation how am I going to start this project and he's like, well, I really need you on this call. And I was like, well, why can't so-and-so do it or so-and-so do it? Sure. <laughs> There's six people on the team to do the same job right, for different right. departments. And he said, he, he was, it was really funny because he was like, Nick, you know they can't do it. I need you on that call. And I understood what he meant. Yeah. But for a split second, I got upset. And I was like, wait a minute, why do I have to? And then I kind of caught myself okay. and I realized He's telling me something very valuable right now. Mm. And 
what was even more striking to me was that he couldn't articulate the what, but I understood what he meant, that everybody couldn't do what I was going to bring right. to this call. Okay. And that caused me to want to articulate it. Sure. I want to identify what this thing is. And I became I be, began to realize that um, <clears throat> there are things that each one of us is walking around being, not necessarily doing, but there's yeah. something that we are being and it doesn't feel like anything exceptional to us. It feels natural to us. Yeah. And yet mm -hmm. other people experience as an, an incredible ability. Yeah. And it really gives us insight into our innate genius yeah. and that there is genius in every single one of us and there are things that each person on this planet are, is walking around contributing to scenarios to right. work to situations to other people's experiences that doesn't feel like a thing to us right. but other people experience it as a wow moment like whoa that's so amazing sure. this is so great you really made a difference and we're just like yeah well i was just doing what i was doing, doing what I I just, do. like i say i was just busy being me sure, sure, <laughs> and sure, it didn't absolutely. feel remarkable at all and then i wanted to create language around that and help people identify um how to connect with that thing that makes them unique. And then further understand how that applies to things that they do and how they can actually leverage it sure. to do work, engage in work that really makes a difference in okay. a way that excites them in a really big way. So that is kind of the idea that was um, behind me creating Jumpstart Your Genius. The other funny and synchronous part of it <laughs> was in 2018, I found myself doing this with people. And I had a group of people who are really good friends with me. We met it across different conferences and things that I had attended. And I was hosting my first retreat in Costa Rica, my first metaphysical retreat in Costa Rica that year. And we were all going to be going. and. Um, everybody was kind of singing the same song at a call we had a group call we had in january of that year and they were all saying i just want to travel the world and do what i love and be okay doing that you know okay. kind of making money or making a life doing that and sure. i was like you know everybody's saying this let's explore what that looks like for everybody okay. and week by week i took them through this process and within six weeks i had taken everybody from just a vague wanting to do something remarkable all the way through to having an actual service that they could offer based on who they were, right. what they were bringing to the table, and something through a mechanism or a delivery method that excited them a lot. Sure. And then we ended up doing all of that at the retreat. Right. I like rewrote the schedule and worked them in, and it was so much fun. Wow. It was really awesome. And then I came home. And then I ended up doing it again with a friend who was like, yeah, I've been doing this job for 30 years and I'm kind of tired of it and I want to do something else and taking him through the same process. And that's when I realized I keep asking the same questions and it's getting a result. Why didn't I start to write this down? <laughs> and gotcha. within a month mm -hmm. or so, I had created an entire workshop. Wow. So is this like a, a Tony Robbins motivational type seminar or retreat? Uh, no, well, the retreat itself 
So the retreats are metaphysical retreats. We go, we learn about principles and ideas based on law of attraction. This one was about tooling up. We called it soul family celebration. Okay. So the primary um, theme of that particular retreat in Costa Rica it was also in a high frequency area of the planet was about um, coming together and connecting. So we had things like daily meditations. We learned um, um, what my two of my workshops I worked into it were called are called tools for connection, where we learned how to connect and listen to messages from spirit, how to interpret them and, and receive them more openly and more consciously. Mm. Um, we also had workshops around abundance to give people additional tools for creating abundance okay. and managing relationships. So mm, it was huge. really, it wasn't like overly intense. There was ample time to play as well as get this information okay. and apply the information while okay. we were there. Okay. So it was really awesome. And we just can't wait to do it again. Of course, we're now in this uh, whole COVID-19 right, <laughs> 2020 <yeah>. crazy situation <laughs> sure, we're in. <laughs> sure. But um, I don't believe that's by coincidence either. No, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's serving us really brilliantly yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. Um, clarity is everything. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I heard. Uh, I forget what I was watching, but uh, I heard the speaker say that 2020 was purposeful and intentional in in terms of what we commonly refer to 2020 as, which is clear vision. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, for whatever you were into previously or whatever you were meant to do, but couldn't really focus on because you were doing so many other different things, 2020 gave us, or forced us to see things a lot more clearly as to what your life exactly was about. Right. You know, if you had been on this hamster wheel that we call uh, a career, you know, mm -hmm. some people have been working in, in professions that they may or may not have liked for 10, 20, 15 years, however many years you've been at the, the place that you called work. Right. And when COVID hit, it forced everybody to sit down yes. or to be, be still in mm -hmm. place. Yes. And so all those things that you previously, think about when people might have asked you to do things in the past or you might have intended to do things that um, conferences, um, movies, um, concerts. Yep things with your children, all of these things that you might have wanted to attend, right. but oh, I gotta work, oh, I got this, mm -hmm. oh, I got that, oh, I can't do it, oh, I love to. You know, the, the convenient excuses we gave everything, like, oh, man, I really got, hate, I gotta miss it, you know, fundraisers <laughs> yeah. and, yep. you know, all of these different things that may have been self-improvement things or, or cultural things or things that might have in some way enriched you but you just couldn't find the time, you know, even to up to and including getting your own health in order, you yeah. know, uh, I really want to start a workout routine, but no, oh, I just don't have the time. Yeah. Right. Now you were forced to sit 
in place or shelter in place. Sure. And you had all the time in the world. <laughs> right, right. You ain't picked up a book in in ten years, but yep. here it is. Right. Now you right. looking at the books you got on the shelf, like, hmm, like, man, this got dust on it. I remember <laughs> I remember specifically buying this book right. with the intention, I really want to read this sure. book. Right. Sure. I haven't even gotten past looking at the front cover, you know what I mean? And just things in your life, relationships, the the direction your life was, it forced you to really take stock of who and what you were at Mm. that particular point and where that's trending, whether you liked it or not. Right, exactly. What's important to you? not only what's important, because I think we all kind of had a general idea what sure. was important, oh, sure, sure. but when you had to sit down, down <laughs> now it's like, why? Right. right. And you really start to have to assess. Right. Mm-hmm. You start really looking at, okay, well, I've held, let's say, 10 things in my life important, mm-hmm. right? But now it's like, why are these things on the top 10 list? Right. Does Do some things need to fall away? Mm. Do I need to add other things? You need to you update know? that list, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then you too, you have to also understand that a lot of careers shut down mm-hmm. and a lot of companies shut down, yeah. sure. some never to return again. Absolutely. So people who were in those industries or in those particular companies are now out of work. Right. And, you know, being. It, at the stage of life that we are all in, you talking 40s into your early 50s or right. whatever, right. this is not a, you know, uh, you're not really thinking about getting a job at this yeah. point. It's a pivotal point. This is a point to pivot. Yes. You might have been doing one thing for the last 20 years, yeah. but now that you can't do that thing anymore, right. you don't have to find a new place to be able to do it. You can now pivot to something completely different right and 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 something more fulfilling and that's kind of where i come in because i have heard that from so many people over the years Mm -hmm. that i just want to be more happy in the work i'm doing um Mm -hmm. and i know i'm at a point where i don't have i don't have anything to prove to anyone anymore Mm -hmm. you know when i was younger Mm -hmm. and starting out in my technology career i i had to I needed to be the best system administrator and I needed to be the best this. And now it's like, I have all that experience. I can do that stuff with my eyes closed. Now, Mm -hmm. how can I apply my, what I, how can I apply my abilities more strategically? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, with greater fulfillment, how many more people can I help? Help themselves. Yeah. Because then I know I've made a difference. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. Yeah. That's big. Because I want to ask you, um, specific to the work that you've been doing with the Institute, um, I know that you've, you know, all of us have gone through some some challenges, uh, but I want to kind of hear more specific to the work that you do, and and even if not directly to the Institute, um, just surrounding, you know, what, what is it that you were wrapped up in when we converged there at UIC? Well, as far as the Institute, um, I was the chair over the father. Well, I was the chair over fatherhood and the fatherhood initiative, essentially. And um, that sounds significant. Fatherhood initiative. Basically, my function was to 
come up with different uh, programs or things that would help uh, men be better fathers, essentially. Okay. You know, that is, and my goal or my mission was to help men who, and, and probably more to the point, men who had fallen you know, falling down on the job or not, you know, or had found difficulty mm-hmm. more to the point as opposed, I don't want to put it in, in falling down on the job, but have found uh, difficulties in being a father mm-hmm. and try because there are very few groups or, or there are very few support. That was what it really started off as support. Um, resources for mm-hmm. fathers okay. you know how can i help men to who want to be good fathers sure. who may not and, and and from everybody from someone who just you know what even more to the point what kind of made me think in that direction was um with my godson and what do we do? You know what I mean? Because I had a concept before I ever even heard of the Institute that I thought of coming up with a community uh, like a, a newsletter or mm-hmm. a, um, or a board, mm-hmm. like Message what do they call it? Message board, a message board oh, okay. or, or some kind of bulletin that would have programs that fathers could do with their sons, you know what I mean? Which is a lot of times, particularly if you are, even if you're you're living in the home with your kids or if you're, you know, picking your kids up on the weekend or whatever, the time you spend, you always want to make it quality time. Mm-hmm. And we kind of fall into the same uh, cycle. I knew that mm-hmm. me and my godson, what we would do is we go either to the movies and out to eat and or we go to like GameStop or something something of that nature mm-hmm. and it was just routine it was some, it was a routine we loved that was our thing but it was kind of like okay you know we we maybe need to per- expand our parameters and sure. even you know as you uh, commiserate with other fathers who are like man you know what do we do? Because you can always get together at barbecues and, you know, uh, you can only do so many video games and play laser tag and kind of all these other simplistic right. things when it start to, you know, the things like going fishing. You but, know what I mean? But what I think you're also getting mm-hmm. to is um, there's, and this is definitely something we can explore in another conversation within our mm-hmm. society, depending on your economic strata. Yeah. Um, there are so many barriers to access yeah. to things that, I mean, there's tons of stuff out there. Yeah. You just, you know, most people who are in um, underserved communities That's right. just have no access to those things mm-hmm. or don't have any um, way to get, to even be a, become aware of them, that mm-hmm. they exist, whether they're free or whatever or you know low cost options or anything and so then we have to rely on our imaginations and stuff but you know i want you john to talk a little bit about the work that you do 
Well, I kind of uh, still work with the Institute in part um, with the uh, mentorship there, but um, Facet of the Jewel was something that um, I created a year ago with the intention to pretty much answer the question that, that Gerald was just saying, you mm -hmm. know, to um, provide supports, social and emotional support mm -hmm. for, for men specifically. As a father myself, um, I've run through some challenges in that arena. And to be frank, I can't think of too many places or did, couldn't identify too many places that I could go to get the encouragement, to get the, the, the support that I felt that I needed. Mm -hmm. um, what type of encouragement am I talking about? Um, you know, I don't think a lot of times we consider as men um, what it means to be a father. I think mm -hmm. our society has, um, has distorted a lot of our concepts about various roles and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And even trying to be a family, a family, what does mm -hmm. a family look like? Right. Uh, it wasn't until I started doing some of this work that I noticed that there are different ideas of family. You have the nuclear mm -hmm. family, um, which is a construct made up of a father, a mom, children and maybe a cat dog and you know often based on religious beliefs <laughs> often based on religious beliefs yeah. you don't know. forget the white picket fence uh, and and the white picket That's fence you know house on the hill illusion and yep. and when you talk about the american dream um you know that's absolutely something that has shaped out to be a nightmare for many people right, <laughs> right. because many of us um have attempted to assimilate into a society and into a system where we thought if we just applied ourselves and worked very hard yeah. and did all mm -hmm. the things that our parents told us to do yeah. and most importantly was morally yeah. you know mm -hmm. uh, upstanding then um, everything would be in divine order right, right. everything right. would work itself out but there were a lot of challenges that continued to uh, I found myself bumping my head into yeah. and so facet of the jewel came about basically as a, um, um, my answer, mm, you know, yes. my, my expression to society to say, you know what, I started to notice the value, not so much in others. I think I've always been trained to see the value in others, but in the last couple of years, I really um, was challenged to start to look within and to identify the value that I possessed. Yes. Who was I being? Yes. Similar to what you were saying, which is yes. why I think your assessment tool was so phenomenal. And even the one that I took before, it mm -hmm. opened my eyes to some things about myself that I, I wasn't conditioned right. or intentional about noticing. Right. And then our society doesn't give us compliments and pats on the back much. You know what Absolutely. I mean? They usually identify our deficiencies, sure. you know, where we have dropped the ball or he fumbled, you know, yep. that kind of thing. And so um, working in this capacity prior to my, my company, I worked for 11 years at the Cook County Juvenile Center. Mm -hmm. And my work there allowed me to work directly with a population of young, developing uh, uh boys who in many cases their lives were over mm -hmm. at this point because now they're part of this system that has them trapped sure. and the choices that they made no one's going to pardon them at this point right. you know they're looking to to try them as adults that was the, the the direction all of that was going in so when i left my intention was to try to create not even try to create a independent living home, mm -hmm. some type of uh, uh, habitat that would allow 
these young men once they were released from the facility sure. or even young men that were fortunate enough to navigate around the facility sure. if they just needed a safe space to come to and get the social skills or soft skills what we refer to oftentimes mm -hmm. as soft skill training um, we would provide that and give them a leg up and allow them to have what you spoke of earlier a place to pivot sure mm -hmm. um, it's it's there's so many things to unpack within our society yeah. and how we have constructed it thus far, sure. which I think is also why us coming together and having conversations that transcend all of that yeah. to create mm -hmm. a new basis or new platform yeah. for which we have to launch. Um, my work and, you know, it's, it's almost funny because I can't say it's one thing it's been many things over time sure but mm -hmm. one constant component of it has always been supporting individuals and helping them shift their consciousness okay. around their own ability to impact their circumstances mm -hmm. so um, the byline for enlightened one is expanding consciousness one loving connection at a time mm -hmm. because at a pretty young age I recognize that most people simply lack an unconditional space within which to express themselves so and true. be seen. So true. And I had a natural ability to unconditionally witness and support others. And so they would just find me, you know, um, and, you know, I'd be doing anything or sitting anywhere or even at work and people <laughs> would show up and next thing I know they're telling me their whole life story. <laughs> You know, and I'm, it doesn't matter what I think of it. I have no judgment. I have no um, opinion of what, you know, no indictment or otherwise or assessment of who you are and what you are. I just accept you as you come. Wow. I listen unconditionally and I impart advice, advice based on what it is they're asking at the time. Yeah. And, and again, in a very unconditional, loving way. And that always makes a difference. And I have seen people transform because of those interactions. And so it's funny that even though the three of us have operated in very different spaces, seemingly yeah. within our social um, construct, the work at its basis is essentially the same. And totally I know that we definitely have a common goal in helping people understand the real power that they have. Yep. And that would, easily the more of us who can come to that understanding especially in communities of color um the more we can take back our power and and influence our experiences based on what we know is possible sure. and engage our imaginations because yeah. i think that's also something like especially to what you yeah. were saying yeah. um G, that you know even in trying to come up with things to do or engage in as a father you kind of mm -hmm. hit a wall because mm -hmm. there's only so much that you can think of yeah, a right. because you're bound by what you have access to or the resources right. you That's have to real. spend in that direction That's real. but it's also about um understanding or coming to a realization that you have your imagination you know i mm -hmm. love the black american experience as mm -hmm. a basis for my life and mm -hmm. the way I see the world because I also understand how we are constantly creating magic with scraps. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> you know, and that, and so I like 
the idea that we can start with just what we have and move from there to create something magnificent and unique that really benefits the world. But that's everybody. It's not Mm -hmm. just us. Everybody certainly has the ability. Um, We have we may have a little more practice (laughs) in that arena. And so um, well, let me ask you a question, because Mm -hmm. you you use the word that I'm familiar with in the from the church uh, quite frequently, the word unconditional. Yes. Love is used a lot. Yes. <laughs> and I have to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I don't think we experience, I personally can say, I don't feel like I experienced unconditional love yeah. often enough. Well, um, it, it sounds like you're talking about something that has no condition. <laughs> well, it's just, true. Can you break it, that it down? It is something that has no condition, okay. and you know we can do it. We are going to do an entire episode Looking just forward on to this that. topic. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so don't even get me started. <laughs> but um, just to work it in here, first of all, as a civilized people, and I'm talking planetary, we have assigned definitions to things mm-hmm. that simply are not serving us in our best interest. Mm-hmm. Many of them aren't even valid, like our commonly understood idea of love. What we have been assigning the moniker of love is really fear with many masks. Wow. If it comes with conditions, it's not love, it's wow. fear. Wow. Fear disrespects everything, including itself. There is no justice in fear, mm. but love is always just yeah it is always available it is always respectful right um it never imposes conditions or obligation it's always responsible never it informs yeah when you are really operating from love and there's a whole spectrum of emotional frequency and ideas and behaviors that are attributed to fear versus love but again if we're calling love from a basis of control and manipulation, that is fear all day, all day. long. Yeah. And you can call it what you will, but if it doesn't feel good, it isn't. And I always say, if it feels good, it is good. And that's the only rule. Just make sure you're qualifying good well. Wow. That's huge. Because you remember when we were at the Institute, I can recall one of the first sessions I had with Dr. Howard. And there was this thing he was he introduced me to talking about listening to the voices of the children. Mm-hmm. I laughed out loud because, you know, I had I was fortunate to have both a mother and a father at home. Right. Mom was rooted and grounded in the church. I don't know uh, a more saintly person on the planet personally. And she's um, beautiful. And she's fine. You know what I mean? And and, 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 and I mean that in the most wholesome way. Yeah. Right, you know, right, uh, right. yeah, we ain't gonna talk about the brothers we had to address, you know, <laughs> over the years. But uh, and then Pops. He's always been a pillar and a rock of strength and tremendous wisdom uh, there. Uh, But I never felt like as a child that, you know, my opinion, my Mm -hmm. thoughts were at were listened to. Mm -hmm. Right. Like like if I had an opinion, it was oftentimes given to me. Yes, right, early exactly. on, right? You're told what to think. Right. <laughs> and so and, and when I started with the institute, it was it was really 
a challenge for me to process. Now, what are we saying? Mm-hmm. We're listening to the voices of the children. Why are we listening to the voices? What, mm. what are the children going to tell right. us, right? This right. is my initial attitude. Right, right. right. But then I, I, I juxtapose that statement with something that I read in the scripture. Psalms 8 says, um, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, he has perfected praise mm. and ordained strength. So I saw a value coming out of the mouths of the babies from the scriptural text, but I didn't know how to apply it practically in my life because I didn't see it demonstrated maybe directly to me. And that's not to throw my parents under the bus because the fact is, I think society at large, you know, we had a hard time. We had a hard time listening to the voices of women. We had a hard time listening to the voices of, uh, of, of, I don't know what we want to identify ourselves as a collective because I understand there's a lot Mm -hmm. of challenges around the word black, Mm -hmm. African-American, like whatever this group, monolithic group of people, melanated beings, (laughs) planetary beings, right? But whatever the classification is, I know this society has demonstrated a a, a very hard time uh, valuing them and especially listening to their voices. So I just wanted to pose that back to Cuz because I, rec- I know he was sitting there with me when we were hearing some of these, you know, these mm-hmm. statements and I thought some of them were a little absurd. But the more I listen, mm-hmm. the more I listen, you talking about expanding consciousness, Cuz, yeah. the more I listen, I saw value in what he was saying and it harmonizes, synchronizes greatly yeah. with what you stated earlier. I think my experience uh coming up you is is kind of why i i I clung so hard to the fatherhood piece i believe because in having that unique experience i did i was able to express myself in a certain respect at a certain time you know, kind of as you get, well, even, even as a young boy, you know, cause I always, I often hear things that, um, you know, my mother will tell me that, uh, I said as a, as a young boy and I'd be like, really, mm-hmm. you know, um, children are incredibly like, insightful. Exactly. Sure. Like, They're you know, observant. in terms of, I would come to wherever they would, they might be partying in the basement. And I come to the top of the stairs like, hey, what are you all doing down there? You know? <laughs> and so she said amongst her and her friends, they would refer to me as the landlord. Like, uh-oh, here come the landlord. You know? Moral compass. <laughs> you know? And I, I would always have sort of a clarity, just a thought, just, you know, I couldn't understand why things was, would be so confusing to people. It's like, well, why is it this way or that way? You know, and, mm-hmm. and people will sometimes be like, what did he say? Like, you know, it'll be like, I would be, you know, in, in certain references talking to adults in, but not like a, shut up and go sit down. You know, it's more like, hmm. And they'd be remarking to my parents, like, have you heard? Like, have you mm-hmm. talked to you? Like, and they'd be like, oh yeah. Yeah, he talked to us all the time. You know what I mean? And yeah. I knew that we were different kids. (laughs) But there were times, you know what I mean, when I definitely felt like, shut up and sit down somewhere. (laughs) You know, what's your opinion? You know, but I can say for the most part that I was able to uh, express myself when when necessary in, in, in some common ways. And I think that formed 
how I listen to other people or how I um, that formed the type of friend that I was mm-hmm. or am, you know what I mean? The type of father, the type of uh, brother, you know, just um, co-worker, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, when you and I, I, I see the the value in somebody who's listened to, you know, then in turn, it's like you can't teach what you don't know. Right. So That's when right. you've been listened to, you find it quite often easier yeah. to listen to other people sure. and and accept or allow just their opinion and then and their voice to be heard and you don't nothing nothing to be able to listen without judgment and without your own flavoring you know what i mean because sometimes we have a a tendency to color other people's opinions or you know what i mean with our own methodology yeah in in true friendship you just Hey, you need you say well, particularly when people tell you I need to talk, right. and I swear it's like you know this you almost get that sinking feeling, you know? <laughs> but right. it's like okay, right. you need to talk. I you know I listen, right. and I learned at an early age to just listen to actually do that. Just yeah. listen, yeah. not like you know it's not like double dutch. You know or you jumping, you waiting on your turn to jump in because right. you want right. to say something Good so point. bad. If you listen, you can't listen and talk at the same time. Right. So it's like, okay, right. let me shut the mouth off and you go ahead. You have the floor. You yeah. know what I mean? So. And I think that was because we, we were listened to as children. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I can, I feel like that. Yeah. Like we were, we were able to say what we wanted to say. I mean, of course you can't be disrespectful or right, anything, right. <laughs> but we, we were able to have voices as children. And then um, later on, as I was growing up, encountering people who didn't think children deserved to have voices, sure. that was mm-hmm. in stark contrast to how my beginnings were. Right. Mm-hmm. And I knew that there were other ways to live. Right. That was kind of the beginning of that little seed in my consciousness. Sure. Like, sure. Hmm, okay. Yeah. And then making choices based on that. Mm-hmm. How do I want to move in the world? And right. how do I? And I always wanted um, to. I want, I just believe that every single, I don't even know where I got this, but every single living being has a right to be acknowledged Mm -hmm. and unconditionally witnessed. Sure. Um, And it makes all the difference. I think so. Yeah. And for me, that's unconditional. I think about the difference that it makes, um, if I could offer what I would think uh, for me, because, and I don't want to leave you all thinking that I was never listened to, mm-hmm. but what I've come to realize over time is that even at school, um, most impartation systems that I've been subjected to, um, whether it's playing on a football or basketball team, you know, um, in church, uh, most organizations that, that I've been a part of, wherever there are adults, mm-hmm. the adults way seem to always carry without much um, inclusion of the ideas of the children. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's one thing that I can say Dr. Howard helped me to really see through that work was the importance of being more intentional yeah. about giving ear to, to the children because more importantly, it isn't just what do they have to say, though it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It isn't just 
um, listen to them because, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. When you're considering child development, mm -hmm. children, their confidence is mm -hmm. built up, you know, um, their, their confidence in their own capacity yeah. and their own ability to make decisions that Absolutely. are in their best interest, mm -hmm. you know, will be reinforced with the support of parents and adults across the board that allow for the, that childlike expression. I think about a lot of the school systems that we were exposed to, uh, the different types of educational structures like Montessori, mm -hmm. um, those who had more of a child-centered learning mm -hmm. experience, whereas, mm -hmm. you know, you sit the children down in, a, in, a, in, a, in this box right. and, and, and sit still, and, and, and now you're just going to, uh, the term tabula rasa came out in a lot mm -hmm. of our work, which simply means a blank slate. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of the educators back in the day was, oh, we got to put something in. But the word I never will forget, Naeem Akbar's book, uh, Know Thyself, he talks, he defines education um, in the Latin, inducere, means to pull out of. So it speaks more it to the idea that the value is there. The job is to cultivate that and to, you know, remove all the, the obstacles and encumbrances that may prevent it from coming out. So that's that's one of the major pluses and values that I was able to take away from that work. And so it has informed me in what I do. Facet of the Jewel exists to support and serve those men who maybe felt invisible. Remember Ralph Ellison's book mm -hmm. back in the day, Invisible mm -hmm. Man? It, it, allowed, it allows me now to be more intentional about making sure that they are um, at least being heard and their ideas, because I still believe that those men you know, even though they're older, uh, you can teach an old dog new tricks if he's willing to learn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, metaphysically speaking, yes, mm -hmm. um, synchronicity and how we have all kind of converged at this point, yeah, and the purpose through which we came even today to put together this recording. Um, I am really excited about all the experience that we're all bringing to the table, yeah. all the perspectives that we're bringing to the table, um, and how we can advance the conversation around what do we do now? Yeah. Where do we go from right here? Right. Because none of that stuff that has come before really factors now. Yeah. Our future is everything. And we have to begin to anchor ourselves there and um, really rise to the calling of where we see ourselves as, um, whether it's a group or a family or professionals, um, and who do we now have to become or what are we stepping into? What are the things that we have to implement now to make sure that we get there? And I'll just bring it right back around to the whole concept of jumpstarting your genius. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, when you identify, and I would love for you to speak a little bit about your experience with the jumpstart your genius, the sure. assessment and the workshop itself. But um, coming to understand what it is that you are being and how that resonates throughout the world um, and formulating a path to Im implement that implement that information to integrate that information into sure. the work that you really want to do right right you want to go first you went yeah. first <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Well, the uh, for my jump start, your genius. Uh, it, it's, it's funny because when you use the phrase to bring out, um, that was pretty much what the process does mm. is pull out of you what your natural gifts and talents are. True. And then what I loved about the program was not only did it highlight what you naturally were good at or those things that you were inclined to do, but it also kind of formulated, okay, now that you know all those things, what do you do with it? Right. You know, and uh, for me, it it focused around the motivational or inspirational uh, speaking with people, you know, getting people to a place to understand just what we were talking about, how you can pivot from wherever you've been to where would you like to go? And I, I that was the thing that really came out, um, what I felt most passionate about coming out of like COVID, like we, I was saying earlier, you know, now that we had to pause and you had to really take stock and I wanna help people do that, okay? Stop, we've stopped, okay, now. You kinda understand a little bit more about what's going on in your life or what the those spheres of influence that you have. Right. What do you wanna do from this point on? Mm -hmm. So I wanna help people to explore that for themselves right. and kind of get to their core and kind of fix the, you know, uh, uh, people are kind of broken, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So. I, you know, I want to jump in there, help them get that glue and that, uh, you know, that duct tape and let's, mm -hmm. let's patch you up yeah. to right. a cohesive, solid person. Right. And then from there, the world is your oyster. Right. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Right. So it's a whole new you. I love it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my experience was quite similar. Um, it was exactly the type of experience of educeray where you're pulling out of. I didn't feel like um, you were trying to put anything into me. Right. It seemed like you were just really listening, um, actively listening to what I was telling you. Um, what I loved, so many things I loved. My, my mission and my vision. Um, yes. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what my mission and vision was because like with the Institute, much of what we do is we say a lot mm -hmm. and we mean probably everything we're saying. I don't doubt mm -hmm. that, yeah. mm -hmm. but, but we're trying to learn how to say it's more simpler. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, connect to and, it. and connect me yes. to the actual offering. Absolutely. Because I think at the end of the day, I felt like I had a very deodorized mission statement that someone could look at and say, oh, that sounds nice and whatever, and you know, and cute. Right. right. But but would they would they turn from the page and feel like it, it, it resonated with them? Would, would it feel like I touched them, right. you know, in my via my communication through my, my site? And it was clear that I was not satisfied with that. It didn't touch me yeah. after this session. Uh, and then the pre-pavement, uh, that was, there was a yeah. couple of thing activities, yeah. but that was one when, when you and, 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 uh, cuz sat there and were, had me thinking about 
what an actual presentation, an actual conference look like. And then to describe it, to articulate it as if it just completed, right? Uh, Successfully. And that experience was so charging, uh, uh, electric for me because my part, my offering, I thought was good. I thought I had some good stuff, but it was when you all, <laughs> right. as audience members, transported yourself to my future event yes. and began to describe what you experienced, what others were saying. Yes. Oh my goodness. I was, I, you put, y'all put me there. Right, you know, right. and when when I felt like I was just on the, on the periphery, right, you know, I, right. y'all put me really there. So those types of exercises and activities just showed me not only of what's possible for me yes. and my work, but it also reignited that fire to help me see I'm on the right path and I'm going to be able to charge and, and electrify brothers yes. in the same way yes. that I was electrified. So, yes. yeah, it was a phenomenal experience. That's why I said it was transformation. And so it is. um thank you for thank you for that feedback um again i'm just busy being me doing this workshop but it is also a source of my highest excitement right now i just love helping others engage their imaginations in such a way that they now have established new possibilities for themselves yeah you know Mm -hmm. so for me um, it's a bit of mission accomplished yeah. because you are able to walk away with things that you can take action on. Yeah. And I always say I like receiving information I can use mm-hmm. and I try to make sure that if I'm helping someone, I'm giving them information they can use now. <laughs> yeah. That's important. It's not yeah. for later Absolutely. when you're going to forget, or you're going to have to go back and look at some notes That's or remember. Right. And That's it's right. not just another um, textbook kind of experience it's you're we're doing this let's um, I'll never forget this kind of relates it's funny um, I once hired an organizer to come to my home I live in a small condo and so I had all this stuff and I was like I need to make some changes or I just need to get rid of everything and she came over and she explained okay here's what we're gonna do she kind of surveyed everything and made some mental notes she was like, all right, you're ready to get to work. And I was like, uh, yeah, okay. I'm thinking she's going to leave me with a list of stuff to do. We're going to move a little bit of furniture around. Oh, no, no, no. She was like, for three hours, we hustled. She, We rolled up our sleeves. We were packing up stuff. We were moving stuff. I felt like I was moving. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is a lot of work. Hmm. And then I had this huge list of things to do still when she left. But it was awesome because it changed the entire flow of my space. She And all she really did was came in and moved around my furniture, but she was able to see things and purpose them for, for you know, functions that I had not purchased those mm-hmm. things to mm-hmm. function as. Right. I was like, that's supposed to go in the kitchen. She's like, nope, it's going to be in your bedroom now. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that thing that's in your bedroom, we're going to move that bookcase out here. And I was just like, all right. And that, that became this, and you know, and it, she was repurposing things. And she had ideas that I didn't have access to because I was so invested in what I thought they should be or how they should so be good. used. So good. And I like when I can assist others in 
coming up with some opening their minds to hey you know we've been really invested in thinking this is how things have to happen right. but guess what there's this whole other world of possibility out there yeah and you know it's just a little bit of time a little bit of focus and understanding that you are the magic in the middle of all of this That's right mm-hmm. you know other things can occur That's so right. and building something brand new as a result and then it's fresh and it's fun and Indeed. you have a connection to it because you created it That's right. and it's in your words and it's you know yeah so um yeah i think that's really fantastic and um, that brings us to the close of this particular segment Mm -hmm. and uh i look forward to many many more topics many more (laughs) do you guys have any final thoughts uh well you know it's just i i plan to uh, invest more time into really understanding how to bring out or how to help people my um, you know my my concept of of bringing people to wholeness uh i want to learn how to help people even better you know or develop a program or something that you know i can deliver to the people and hopefully it will benefit and uh help people pivot or transform I think um, just to echo that um, for me, being um, all that I am destined to be, am present to be, am mindful to be, I think is going to be the greatest, um, not only benefit for me, Mm -hmm. but opportunity to bridge uh, benefits to others, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, to be that bridge to help them, you know, and I think not so much that I'm even looking to lead anybody. Right, right. You know, but just just to eat, just demonstrate facet of the jewel, my facet of the jewel. I just want to mm-hmm. feel like my, all of our job on this planet is to shine. Yes. And my yeah. job is to support you in that effort. Right. And remove all the obscurities, anything that may be hindering you from shining. We want to um, position ourselves so that we can, you know, make sure that your light is clearly shining and your expression to the world is absolutely what it what you were put here for it to be. So that's where I'm at. I love it. And on that note, um, thank you both for taking the time to do this with us today and um thank you until next time keep shining keep shining y'all thank you (laughs) wow we reached the end of another episode of the cool ass conversations podcast where does the time go well on behalf of myself ashawa nicole And Johnny Holmes II, a.k.a. Apostle, we'd like to thank you and we appreciate you taking the time out to listen. Please subscribe to the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media on Instagram at Cool Ass Conversations. So until the next time, stay cool.